evolving. We are evolving. Let's hope we're evolving. Before long, I'll be standing straight up. <laughs> the uh, the older we get, the better we'll be. Yeah, straight. I may have stood as up as as far as I'm going to get. Welcome to the Winnie and Bill Chat Podcast. This is episode eight of season two, and we're calling this one our anniversary episode. Happy anniversary! It's our podcast anniversary. Well, maybe a little late. Did you notice we were gone? Maybe a lot late. (laughs) Did you miss us? We sort of uh, have been busy lately and uh, missed a week or so of, of producing our podcast. So we are sorry about that, but we intend to make it up to you. I don't know how. We'll figure out a way. <laughs> we'll figure it out. So we actually missed our official podcast anniversary. It was April 22nd when we produced our first podcast episode. And the way we like to do our podcast is we will post nine photos to our Instagram account, which is Quiet Shutter Photo. And we'll talk about our photos, the backstory, what we like about the photos, what went into making the photo or whatever comes up. And um, you can follow along by looking at the pictures while you're listening to the podcast or you can check them out later. Uh, Bill and I are the owners of Quiet Shutter Fine Art and Photography. You can also check us out uh, at our website, quietshutterphoto.com. So can you believe we've been doing a podcast for a whole year already, Bill? It doesn't seem like it. And I we know didn't... at the end of the last, when we started the end of the, or excuse me, when we ended the end of the year, we thought, wow, we did that many podcasts in one year. Right. And now we're on to the second year. Right. And honestly... And we screwed up here at the end. We, you know, we managed to keep our schedule all the way until recently. And then uh, lately we missed a week. And, um, and then I kind of started thinking, should we keep doing the podcast? Maybe one year was enough. You know, maybe there's not that many people listening or maybe it's not that good. I know I've started podcasts that I listened to for a while and then lost interest. Uh, Maybe, maybe we're done. But then last night, someone told me that they just started listening to our podcast and how much they enjoyed it. So who knew we're back in the saddle. We'll keep doing it till people tell us to stop. (laughs) Somebody asked me one time, well, what are you doing that for? What are you? um, Well, I mean, I guess truth of all truths, we'd like to promote our photography and fine art business a little bit. No, wait. She said, why? Do you do a podcast? Okay. What do you think she meant by that? I don't know. (laughs) Well, if nothing else, we are leaving a legacy for our family to, um, to be able to go back and listen to all of our opinions and 
check out all of our pictures and our adventures and know what we were thinking. And I don't know. What do you think, Bill? Yeah, we've enjoyed doing them and we, it kind of inspires us to go and search out and things to take pictures of and, and gives us a way to uh, express our art, I guess. Right. So today is our anniversary episode. And so what I thought we would do, and Bill hasn't necessarily seen the pictures I've picked out for today's episode, anniversary episode, what I thought we would do was revisit some of our favorite podcast episodes and um, feature a photograph that we had left out of that podcast the first time around. Okay. So um, do you want to go to our first photo, Bill? And you can describe what this is a picture of. You do. My computer's taking forever. Uh-oh. Okay. Well, then I will there it tell is. you. This is, go ahead. Well, this is a picture of our daughter, Lauren, and our son-in-law, Cole, and their son, Arlo, laying on their, looks like on Cole's shoulder, actually, sleeping. This is the happy family. So, yeah, in this picture, um, well, let me first tell you why I chose this picture. Our very first podcast episode, we recorded around the time of Lauren and Cole's first wedding anniversary. So we featured pictures of their mountainside wedding um, in our first podcast episode and talked about how beautiful their wedding was in a log home alongside Lone Mountain Peak in Big Sky, Montana. And at first I picked out one of the wedding pictures that I had not included in that episode. And then I thought, no, we probably should update what's going on with Lauren and Cole. So um, a year ago, they had been married for one year and we were celebrating their one year anniversary. And a year from then now, two years after they got married, they have a new baby. And he is cute. He is adorable. So in this picture, Cole is sitting on the sofa with Arlo on his, I guess, laying on his chest. And Lauren is kissing Cole's forehead and Cole is kissing Arlo's forehead. And Arlo looks like he's fast asleep. Or yes. his face is a little scrunched up, like maybe he's not into the kissing business. <laughs> he's trying to ignore it and maybe it'll go away. <laughs> no, he just he looks like he was uh, had a belly full and was enjoying laying on his dead. That's what it looks like. Right. Me. We took this picture um, after uh, Lauren and Cole had their baby. Two weeks later, we flew out to Montana to see the new baby and to help them out for a um, how long did we get to stay that time? Not we, long enough. Yeah, we stayed for seven or eight days that time, though, I think. Yeah, and uh, fell in love with the little guy. And we actually have just gotten back from visiting them again. Arlo is now three months old and starting to develop a little personality, smiling and looking in the eyes. And he's adorable. Yep. yep. We did another podcast episode that was all about Arlo. And I'm sure that there's going to be more all about Arlo's down the road. So we might have to have all about Arlo volume 17. <laughs> I know, you know, we're going to be those kind of grandparents that when you see us, we're going to make you look at photos of our grandson or grandchildren, whatever. So that was episode number one. 
honestly, I went back and tried to listen to our very first podcast episode recently because I thought maybe I would take a quote out of that episode to add today. And do you remember when we first started doing our podcast that we recorded it on our phones? Yeah. That was the only equipment we had. You would sit in the living room and I would sit in the office and we would do our, and I mean, we did okay, but when I went back and listened to it, I was, I couldn't listen to it, honestly. It was pretty painful. It felt bad. It felt the sound was bad. It felt boring. It felt like we were awkward. So we've gotten better. Yeah, we've improved a bit. I think. Well, certainly our sound has improved and we can thank our son, um, Andy Johnston, Outdoor Andy on Instagram and Twitch because he's become our sound engineer and he set us up with some good equipment so that our sound is more professional and easier to listen to. So thanks, Andy. Yeah, thanks. All right. So that was episode one, the inaugural episode. It's funny because episode two was all about us. That really probably should have been episode one, but we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear people talk about themselves. I guess, but maybe they ought to understand who we are. (laughs) Yeah, that sometimes is helpful. We're evolving. We are evolving. Let's hope we're evolving. Before long, I'll be standing straight up. <laughs> the uh, the older we get, the better we'll be. Yeah, standing. I may have stood as up as, as far as I'm going to get. So. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go to uh, the next picture? Sure. So this is a picture of our son, Andy. It looks like he's in his fishing shanty and he's got uh, some uh, northern pike in his hand that he caught. So this is a photo that probably didn't exist when we did the episode called Outdoor Andy, and that was episode seven. And uh, Andy was actually in the house for that episode. He had hooked us up with the good sound equipment, and so um, he agreed to do a podcast episode with us. And it was all about uh, Outdoor Andy and his fishing adventures and... uh, how he will live stream his fishing adventures on Twitch. And, uh, you know, I found that episode more interesting and more fun than I thought it was going to be. Do you you remember doing that one, Bill? Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I do remember is we were all squeezed into the office recording it and it was hotter than heck in this room. It was a warm day when we were doing it. So it was kind of crazy, but. But I made it all happen. Yeah. And I found it fascinating to talk to Andy as not our son, but as somebody who, you know, talking about their passion and what they do. And and I learned some things like, for instance, that Andy very rarely keeps any of the fish that he catches, even if they're trophies. He puts them back in the lake so they can live another day and reproduce. And yeah, especially if they're trophies, because if they're trophies, that means that they are breeding fish and always put them back so they can reproduce more. Don't you love it when your kids turn out to have better ethics than you do? <laughs> Speak for yourself. Oh, come on. Did you put every fish you caught back in the lake? No. Right. No. So this picture um, is newer than that episode was. This is a picture from this past winter when Andy was ice fishing in northern Michigan on a small lake. And you actually joined him. I've cut you out of this picture to just feature Andy, but you were there. And do you want to talk a little bit about that day that you, you met 
Andy and went fishing with them. Well, the other thing that I'm noticing in this picture is there's a half-eaten brat and a bun sitting on top of the minnow bucket right next to Andy. Which is that's, gross, but... <laughs> well, it reminds me of uh, when I was walking out to a shanty. I wasn't sure where he was, and then I smelled these sausages cooking. And I thought, I don't know if this is his place or not, but I'm going to find out who's cooking the sausage. And sure <laughs> enough, there he was. So Andy so. was already out fishing, had his has his portable fish shanty set up and he'd already been fishing by the time you were able to drive out to the lake and right. walk out onto the ice and find him. So um, he was live streaming his uh, fishing that day when you joined him. So um, I was doing some work on the computer and I decided I would pull up his Twitch account and just keep an eye on, on what he was doing. And that way I could see that you got out there safe and sound and, it was kind of fun from afar to be able to watch the two of you catching fish. And you caught a lot of fish that day. We did. It was a good day and we had a lot of fun. We caught a bunch of different fish too. And Every fish so, you pulled up, I think, was a different species. I think we caught like seven or eight different kinds of fish that day. It was, it was just a good day. And what was the weirdest fish you caught that day? The weirdest was one was the sucker I caught. I've never heard of anybody catching a sucker through the ice in the winter. Usually mm. suckers like a springtime. They, you do catch them, but not, not as, not really. You certainly, I don't ever keep them, but some people will keep them and smoke them to make uh, smoked fish with them. But yeah, yeah, it's a, a bit of a weird breed to catch in the wintertime. Right. So it was fun to watch the two of you having a father son fishing day. Um, you know, Hanging out, having a good time together. I could kind of, you know how sometimes you say, I wish I was a fly on the wall. You were. I was a fly on the wall. That's kind of what's cool about this streaming thing that Andy does. So I think that we'll have Andy back for another podcast <clears throat> at some point. Maybe not to talk about fishing, maybe to talk about, I don't know, house remodeling, seeing as he and his wife have just bought a house and they're fixing it up to their taste. Yeah, it might be interesting to find out if uh, after they've done a little work on the place and uh, got to remind him to take before and after pictures because everybody uh, loves a good before and after. Yeah, see what uh, he may have gotten into that he wasn't expecting because that's bound to happen at some point. Oh, like maybe there'll be uh, something found in the walls and <laughs> yeah, <you> never know. <laughs> Cash might, of money might or be secret spots that they've never found. So. <laughs> Well, that could be interesting. Yeah. But that was fun, that episode. So if you want to check that one out, it was called Outdoor Andy, and it was season one, episode seven. So ah. you want to go on to the next one? Yeah, let's go to the next picture. Oh. Yeah, this was, uh, this was Bannock um, State Park. State Park in southern Montana. Um, this is a picture of our daughter, Lauren. So Bannock State Park is actually a ghost town in Montana. Our daughter lives in Montana. So we were visiting her a couple years ago, maybe three years ago. <clears throat> and um, she, while her, I guess, then boyfriend was working, her and you and I went on some adventures. And one of the places we went was to Bannock State Park to check out the ghost town. And this is a pretty cool place. It's It was a gold rush town. So it's kind of like one big long main street that had lots of little homesteads, 
um, a bar, of course, a church, of course, um, some little businesses, and all of those buildings still exist in varying stages of falling apart. Disrepair and repair. <laughs> they yeah. restore, um, I'm, and let me get the words right. They continually work on the buildings to maintain them, maintain them, but not to re is restore the wrong word. I know there's, they, they shore them up and try to keep them from falling apart, but they aren't trying to return them to their original state. Right. They're not trying to, they're not trying to improve what they were. You know, they, they do, they do maintain keeping them structurally safe and that type of thing. But um, so this was from uh, season one, episode 10. And this we did, uh, we recorded on our phone because we actually included uh, Lauren in this episode. And I think, Bill, we left you out because when we were using our phones, we could only do two people. Yeah, you and Lauren had a conversation. So Lauren about and I this. had a conversation about Bannock State Park. Yeah. And um, the episode was called Do You Believe in Ghosts? Number one, because it was a ghost town. And number two, because several of the buildings are said to be haunted. Yeah, this staircase in this picture is actually from, was the hotel that supposedly is haunted. The Hotel Mead. Yep. And uh, actually that building's in pretty good shape. Yeah, I really wish that they would restore it to more to its original condition because it looks like a beautiful building. And this picture is a picture of Lauren going down this curved staircase and uh, Lauren it has stopped on the staircase and turned. And in the picture, there's a little sun flare. There's a window there. So that's probably where that came from. But it does look kind of ghostly. Yeah. And there is, um, we talked about this on that episode. There is a rumor that the room that's above this staircase is always locked. And it, for sure enough, it was locked when we were there. You couldn't go into it. And they say that it's locked because it's haunted by a little girl who drowned in the mill pond. And uh, I think some, you know, television ghost hunters went there and did whatever it is they do. And if you look it up on the Internet, there's a recording where they think they can hear the voice of a little girl from that room. Well, do you believe in ghosts? I do. <laughs> you Not. <laughs> Well, in any case, it was creepy as anything. It was creepy. And I think the room above the staircase, I think, is locked and closed to the public because it probably cantilevers over the staircase a bit. It's probably st a structural thing. That's my guess. Yeah, it, it did have a half of the room is cantilevered. And then there was a balcony that went out beyond that, too. That They just didn't want people out. That's on what that, I but, think. Yeah. But it does make it more interesting if you think that. There might be spirits amongst you. It's always, it's always a good story. Yeah. So this is a picture that didn't get included in that episode of Lauren. It, I probably didn't include it because from a photographic standpoint, it's not the best quality picture. It was dark in that um, building. And this picture is kind of grainy. But actually, after I looked back at it, at it I thought that's perfect, actually, for... For the feeling yeah. you wanted for this picture. Yeah. Kind of creepy. Might be even creepier if we'd have done it in black and white. But Oh, black and white would have been good, too. It's almost monochromatic, though. Yeah, it's almost there already. 
I would go back to Bannock State Park. I think Lauren would like to go back too. I think that'd be fun. We should fun. try and go back there when there's not a group of kids there. Right. Because when we were there the first time, they warned us when we pulled in the parking lot, they told us where to go and what to look for and the lay of the land. And then he said, and you might want to move quick because there's a couple of busloads of school kids coming. And sure enough, they showed up and they were running all over the place and having a great time. Yeah. Panning for gold, doing a scavenger hunt. It actually looked like they're having a good time. They didn't bother me at all. No. Made me wish I was a kid again so I could just run all over the place. <laughs> a little bit of that energy might go a long ways at this right. point. Right. Yeah. So um, I really enjoyed doing podcast episodes where we brought in our kids to talk to. And I think we should make a point of figuring out a way to do that again. We should look, get some more guests of different I think, yes. family, friends, I think and people that we've met that are interesting. and. Absolutely. I have a small list of people I would like to talk into doing our podcast with us. So look for that in the future. We'll have more guests. So speaking of that, let's go to our next picture. Okay. Oh, so this is a picture taken at the zoo. And we did a whole podcast episode, episode 14 called, I think it was called at the zoo. And um, we talked about how you can really hone your photographic talent by taking a trip to the zoo and taking a trip, taking pictures of the zoo animals. And, you know, as long as we've been doing it, I love going to the zoo. I really do. So this is a, go ahead and describe this picture, Bill. This is a picture of a tiger that we took. I think this was at Detroit Zoo, if I, I remember right. I, I don't mean to contradict you, but I think it was a Potter's Park Zoo. Oh, maybe. Which I is one I of honestly my don't remember. I mean, we've taken took, we've taken pictures of lions at uh, three or four different zoos. Right, right, and it's yeah. But uh, this was a close up of a of a uh, tiger that was uh, the sun was hitting him in the face pretty good, and uh, actually got his eyes closed because I think he was squinting. But I think he was um, half sleeping. That's uh, it, I. For one thing, in the zoo, you have time to, your subjects are typically not running all over the place. They're running away from you. I can't tell so, you how many pictures of wild animals we have of their butts as yeah. they run away from us. Oh, well, that's a good picture of their butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that I. this is funny. Do you remember last summer we went with friends who have a little guy um, to Potter's Park Zoo, mm -hmm. which is in Lansing, Michigan, one of our favorites. And... Um, we came across the lions and the tigers and the little guy who's four years old said, I want to see, the, I want to see the lions awake. <laughs> yeah. Will they be awake this time? I thought, yep, that's true. They yeah, lay that, around and that sleep. That will all happen the at the zoo. Though. I guess we were lucky in this picture that this tiger was holding his head up, not just laying on the, on the ground. It's entirely possible that he had just eaten and was had a belly full and was, I, not ready to go to sleep yet for getting good pictures at the zoo is go when they very first open up in the morning and the animals are being fed often first thing. And, and then they're a little more active as the day goes on and it's hot or whatever. They just sort of. Yeah. I was going to say, especially in the summertime, because it, when it does get warm, most of the animals try and if, if they are somewhat awake, they are in the shade and, um, not doing much of anything. Kind of lethargic. Yeah. Like me in the middle of the day. Yeah. <laughs> the three o'clock slump. 
So this picture, um, again, was omitted from the podcast, the original podcast episode about the zoo. And looking back, I, I just love this picture. Um, I believe that I had to do a little Photoshop work on it because there was some uh, cage bars that were blurred, but in the in part of the picture. But looking at it now, I can't tell where they were or it was. Some zoos do a much better job of creating their exhibits so that you have a view where you're not looking through fencing. Right. And I think that as zoos improve and modify, they are aware of that. And, and uh, the Columbus Zoo, the Detroit Zoo, they're both really good at giving you views where you can see the animals unobstructed. Yeah, and a lot of times the, the keepers will actually tell you, if you want a good picture, go over it here, whatever. They'll actually have uh, visita visitation platforms and different things that will get you a, a good angle at yeah, never animals. be afraid of talking to the keepers and the and the zoo staff because, um, and I think in that episode we talked about it, we got a tip from one of the volunteer uh, well, volunteer workers at the zoo at the Detroit Zoo about the gorillas. Yes. That yes. they would be getting fed at a certain time and that the keeper would come along and he'd be ringing a cowbell and if we went and stood at a one particular viewing spot, we would have an excellent view of the gorillas as they got fed. And, and she was right. And we got really excellent pictures. Yeah, that was very helpful because quite honestly, where I was thinking would be a good picture would have been his butt again. Right. Right. So, yeah, arrive early and don't be afraid to talk to staff and volunteers. Yeah. Because they have the insight into what's where the good spots are going to be. Again, just I, don't be don't be embarrassed to bring your big camera to the zoo. Um, there's a little zoo in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan that I think is just opening for the season this weekend. At the Garland Zoo? It's called the Garland Zoo. And the Garland Zoo is really unique. I think it was, you know, kind of somebody's pet project in the beginning. And they've expanded and expanded. And, and now they're a zoo. But they're carved just out of the northern Michigan woods. And the pathways are all just wood chip pathways. It's not, you know, slick like a big city zoo. Right. But um, they do have quite an interesting bunch of different animals. They have they great have animals. In their, in, and uh, I love the fact that the setting is so sort of natural woods. So right. you're walking along and all of a sudden you see exotic tigers in the middle of Upper Peninsula of Michigan, you know, wooded. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's um, well worth it the little trip to get there and spend, you know, you're not going to take a couple hours there at the most. Uh, it's not a big place, but it is, it's nice. It's fun. Now, some of the people who listen to our podcast are far away, so it would be a difficult trip for them. But if you ever find yourself in Northern Michigan and you have a little time to kill and you want to go to the UP, put that on your list, the Garland Zoo. Yeah. It's I guess I was, I guess what I meant was, if you're going to the UP and when you cross the Mackinac Bridge, it's only 45 minutes from the bridge. Right, so. right, right. And then I would recommend if you really want to complete your day, go from the Garland Zoo up to um, the Oswald Bear Farm, which is near to Quaminon, Paradise, Michigan, a little further up in the UP towards Lake Superior. And um, there is this crazy little bear farm. Yep. Um, how many bear do you think are on at the Oswell Bear Ranch? Oh, wow. 
and I believe at it's, least fifty. Yeah, I believe it's registered as a zoo too, with it the is. zoological it is. society. The last time we were there, they had that posted that they had um, had met all the criteria for the the um, being part of the zoological. Um, so they're, community. they're following all of the rules and regulations yep. and treating the animals fairly. It's a crazy place, though. Yep. It's just no. They've got double barriers up around everything, and yeah. right. But you, they have, they do have some platforms that you can, you know, yep. that are higher up, so you can see yep. down into the. It's I, I think you know every couple of years we go to the Bear Ranch. I think it's fun. Yeah. All right, let's go to our next picture. Ah, this picture comes from the episode we did about Yellowstone. I believe it was episode 15 called for the enjoyment, for the benefit and enjoyment of Winnie and Bill. Yes. Because we, we feel like Yellowstone is just there for our benefit and enjoyment. Yeah, I don't know why those people keep showing up in our park all the Too time. Too many people showing up at our park. We're going to have to limit that somehow. <laughs> so this picture got left out of that podcast episode. Um, and I'm not sure why, because this is one of my favorite, one we got really excited about. Do you want to talk about this picture, Bill? Yeah, this is a picture of a... Oh, you're not going to get it right. White goat. It's called a mountain goat. <laughs> it's a mountain goat. Yeah. Look, no, this you mountain... always call them white goats. Mountain. It's white. It's a mountain goat. So that's why I just call them the white goats. Right. Not to be confused with the bighorn sheep that I usually call them. <laughs> it's uh, is kind of, they're not necessarily rare, but it seems like it is rare to see the mountain goats in Yellowstone National Park. And probably because they like to be up at the top of the mountains. Yeah, they're usually always quite high. This one actually was... Uh, not as high as we've seen some of them. That's why we actually got a fairly decent picture of them. But um, in this picture, this. Um, I can't tell if it's a male or a female. Yeah, I, don't I can't. Know I was going to say this guy, but I really don't know because both both uh, male and female grow horns, too. The mountain goats but, are uh, really cool looking. They, yeah. They're. They've got Nancy Sinatra's boots on. They have go-go boots on, it looks like. Yeah. And they have little horns, but they have that little goatee under their chin. Yep. Um, like Bill said, they're all white. Big upper body strength, you can tell. I mean, they live in cliffs and they just, you know, they just jump along at the top of cliffs faces and like nothing. They've got to be so strong. They always impress me when they're like on the edge of something and they just leap to the next little rock and you're like, wow, that just happened. <laughs> so one thing that's kind of special about this picture is... Um, this was the trip where we rented a long telephoto lens from a local camera shop. Uh, we rented a lens that is a 150 to 600 millimeter lens. So nice, big, long zoom lens. And um, so I kind of feel like we still didn't really know how to use that lens properly. Oh, no, we didn't. I mean, we were we were monkeying around. We were trying hard to learn. Every Every time you get a new lens, you takes you a while to figure out the sweet spot, you know, what F stop, what focal length works best, you know, yep. how, how it all works. And so we really didn't know what we were doing with this lens yet, but we wouldn't have been able to get this shot if we didn't have that nice long telephoto lens. 
Yeah, this, this shop might have been one of the reasons why it's like, okay, we got to have this. So, yeah. So, we rented the lens for a week and uh, pretty quickly you started calling it by name. And do you remember? Well, you know, because we still refer to it by what's what's that lens's name? Pearl. Yeah, you started calling it Pearl. And I said, why are you calling it Pearl? And you said... Sweet mother of pearl, look at this shot I just got. <laughs> you were really taken with that lens. I have told people since then that if our house caught fire, Bill would rescue Pearl and then he'd come back for me. <laughs> well, that so, might happen. So we did we did fall in love with this telephoto um zoom lens. And so when we took it back to the store at the end of the rental period, we decided we would buy it. <laughs> and so we came home that vacation with, with Pearl, and she's been at our side ever since. <laughs> she's, yeah, we were, we, we ended up, we both ended up knowing that it was money well spent when it was all said and done. So. Oh, gosh, it totally has been money it's well changed, spent. changed the, our, our uh, ability in photography and just. Oh, it's so frustrating our- when you see wildlife, but it's, you know, a little ways off. And with whatever you're working with, if you can't really get a good picture of it, it's so frustrating. I mean, maybe for some people it's not. People who have learned how to live in the moment and enjoy that. But we enjoy the photography end of it. So it was always frustrating to us to have an animal that was just out of reach of getting a good photo. In. And Pearl has changed all of that. Yeah. So this, this is a very majestic um, photo of this mountain goat. He's just like he's posing for us. He's got his front feet up on a rock a little higher than the back of him. And he's looking back over his shoulder a little bit. Notice the logs in the tree in this picture, Bill. They're burned. Yeah, there was a fire that had gone through that area. There's been several fires in Yellowstone along the way. And I think that they pretty much let them burn. If they're going to threaten structures like buildings or lodges or whatever, they'll they'll do what they need to do to protect those things. But otherwise they kind of let mother nature take its course. Yeah. And even, well, a lot of times they even fail in the trying to save buildings too, because there was a lodge two or three years ago that burned to the ground because of a fire. That was at um, Glacier well, National Glacier, Park. That was in Glacier, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. A little harder, I think, in some of the places in Glacier to actually get any kind of firefighting equipment there. Some yeah, of the lodges are pack-in type places that yeah, you can't even yeah. There's only one main road through Glacier now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. uh, Yeah. So we were, um, we mentioned that we were out to visit our daughter and her family just recently. Like we just got back the other day. We just got home and we were able to spend um, a day in Yellowstone National Park while we were out there. And uh, I think maybe next episode is going to be all about that trip. So stay tuned. We We, had a uh, good time. Yeah, saw a lot of different different critters that day. For just being in the park for a day, we had some pretty good luck. So yeah. stay tuned on that. Let's go to our next picture. Oh, my goodness. Okay. This next picture comes from the podcast episode that was called Why Tucson? I think uh, it was yes. episode three of season one. So do you want to describe this picture? So about? this is a picture of a hummingbird. This is so pretty. And it looks like he's actually sitting on some kind of a rose bush or something. This this branch that he's st- sitting on, um, there's actually thorns on on it. 
Um, I but never this noticed is the little thorns before. This is in an aviator of hummingbird avi avi aviary aviary. Thank you. That <laughs> is like a butterfly house for hummingbirds. That was in um, the desert. Is it desert museum? Yeah, is that what desert they it? museum in Tucson. In Tucson, south of Tucson. Yeah, and this was just the Arizona. coolest place because there this was. Like 10 different species of hummingbirds in this little area. And uh, this was fantastic. The whole place was honestly fantastic. We, a um, few years ago, we went to visit Lauren and Cole in Montana. And then the four of us took a trip to Arizona for the weekend. They had, um, oh, what's the airline that has cheap tickets? Allegiant. We took an Allegiant flight from Bozeman, Montana to. Um, Phoenix, Arizona for the weekend, and we rented a car, which was a fiasco, and we drove down to Tucson. But the people we met on the plane and in the airport, um, who we struck up conversations with, all said to us, Why Tucson? Why are you going to Tucson? Why Tucson? You should go to Sedona. Go to Sedona. It's much be more oh, beautiful. Sedona is so beautiful. Well, nobody goes to Tucson. Since then, we've been to Sedona. It's okay. Yeah, and I'd rather go to Tucson. I, yeah. So Lauren had planned the trip. This was her idea. And she wanted to see the big saguaro cactus. Right. And we went in April. And it was uh, perfect timing because the saguaro cactus and a lot of the other kinds of cactuses were blooming in the desert. So that was spectacular. And the Desert Museum is like a zoo and a museum. I think there's an art gallery in that complex as well. It was just fantastic. It was such a great day. But what really was the treat for us was the hummingbird aviary. <laughs> I always want to say aviator too. Aviary. And you go in, like Bill said, it's like a butterfly house, although there's all of these different species of hummingbirds flying around. And there was even a couple of hummingbirds that were sitting on nests in this. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool to see. Yeah. So we took, I don't know, we bazillion, probably took a thousand a pictures of hummingbirds. Pictures. And yeah. so this, so this and I is. I would go back in a heartbeat to I see I would go again. back in a heartbeat. Yeah. This is a picture that got left out of that podcast episode just because we had so many to include. So um, if you remember, we spent, I bet we spent an hour and a half in the aviary which was a warm place to be. It was kind of hot. Well, the whole, it was hot. Yeah. It was Arizona. Yeah, it was Arizona. <laughs> but when we came out of the aviary into the, you know, into Just the- Just back into the courtyard that we were- Into the courtyard. There was uh, a wild hummingbird. Yeah. We got some was, of our best, best pictures of the hummingbirds all together. From, right. This wasn't one of them, but um, this one, I wish I could remember the name. I should have looked it up. The name of this particular- kind of hummingbird but it has this purple these really iridescent purple feathers around its neck and i i've seen on nature shows since then that when it's in mating season it can actually flare those feathers out like a mane around his head yeah this guy would just kind of flicker his head and then you'd see this really brilliant flash of color but um and then it would like this picture is the one he's just kind of sitting there not trying to impress anyone you still very colorful, but it it's a it's crazy vibrant when it pops out. Uh, but they, I don't think he was actually um, trying to breed because he wasn't showing, he wasn't fanning out at all. He was just 
kind of doing his own thing that day. Uh, in that there was a couple of hummingbirds in there already sitting on nests. We were probably too late for the mating right. season, but right. um, yeah, he's beautiful. Yeah. Absolutely beautiful. I'm excited to say that um, our Northern Michigan hummingbirds have returned just this week. Um, I saw my first one yesterday. And uh, so I got the hummingbird feeders out right away. And already today, there's been several hummingbirds that are coming to the feeder. Yep. Slowly, slowly, Northern Michigan's coming back alive. Little gems. So let's go on to our next picture. So we did a bonus episode, so I don't have a number for it, but it was called um, something about um, Neowise the Comet. Comet Neowise, or maybe I called it Neosporin the Comet. <laughs> but it was a bonus episode all about the comet that showed in the sky last summer. And... Um, this picture was one that we took after we had done the podcast episode. So it didn't get included in the epi in that particular episode. And yet it was one of our best pictures that we took of the comet while it was visible. Um, so do you want to describe the picture? Bill? This is a picture of the harbor in Petoskey, Michigan. And um, yeah, this was one of the, the, uh, the comet had, was pretty much in the good uh, uh, alignment in the sky that you could see it well. Um, when it first showed up, it was quite high in the sky and it was kind of hard to spot. But this particular night, as you can see in this picture, the sun is just setting over the, the hills of Harbor Springs across the bay from uh, um, this little harbor in Petoskey. And um, the comet's actually pretty visible right um, pretty much, well, not quite in the middle of the picture, but um, um, pretty easy to pick up. You are cherry, you are sugarcoating the evening because when we first got down to the marina there, you and I both had cameras and I had looked up on a chart where you should look for the comet in the sky because honestly, especially if there was any light pollution, which there was here at the marina, you know, artificial lighting, it was hard to pick up with your naked eye where the comet was in the sky until it got like middle of the night and it was, you know, super black. Past dark, my bedtime. Past your bedtime. And I pointed my camera in the direction I thought we would find the comet and you told me I was all wrong. Do you remember we had a little fight? We may have. We had a little spat. And um, so the way to find it was to take some pictures with your camera. Cameras can pick up things that the human eye can't see a lot of times. And so we played around for a little while and sure enough, we ended up that the comet was right where I thought it was going to be. Right. That's what you say. <laughs> That's your story. <laughs> I, you know, while the comet was visible, there was lots of photographs showing up on social media and some people I believe were enhancing their pictures to make the comet look bigger and more visible than it really was in real life. Yeah. Like, do you remember seeing some pictures like the Mackinac bridge with the comet over top of it? And the comet looked like something out of a, out of a doomsday movie where the comet was going to crash. It was coming to <laughs> scorch the earth. Right. It was never that visible. It was never that visible or that big in comparison to right. other things. But in this picture, I, I'm really happy with how this turned out because the Marina, 
Um, the lights that were on in the marina actually lit that area up nice, but still the sky was dark enough. You can see all the stars and you can pick out the comet pretty, pretty easily in the picture. Yeah. And it was, uh, that evening was actually a fairly warm evening too. And it was the, it was pretty calm. So, um, stars were pretty brilliant that night. There was quite a few times when we tried to go out that it ended up being partly cloudy and it was kind of a disappointment. So. And in spite of us having a little spat about which direction to focus the cameras, it we had fun. It was a fun night. That's right. your story. That's my story. Oh, no, let's I'm go kidding. to the next picture. This is just a fun picture. This is a picture of you and I having a, a donut moment down at the beach. A donut moment. So we did a whole po- podcast episode called Summertime Treats. And it was about things that you treat yourself with in the summertime. And I think in that episode, we talked about um, ice cream, lots of ice cream places. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember. We, we talked about a trip we did to Evil's general store in the middle of the state thinking you could buy pie there. But it turns out pretty much all you can buy there is meat. Sausage. <laughs> Bacon. Bacon. By the ton. Um. But I, we had taken this picture to add to the episode and then it got lost somehow and we never included it. So here it is. And this is a picture of Bill and I. Looks like we're doing a toast with our donuts, our cinnamon sugar donuts. Um, last summer, because of COVID-19, we did not have um, activities at Park of the Pines, which is the campground Bill and I are managers of. And so each morning... We would go down to the beach and have coffee or coffee in a donut or coffee in a energy bar or whatever we had on hand and enjoy the lake for a little while before we went on with our day of staining the lodge or doing maintenance or whatever we were doing. And I, you know, I'm looking back at that, those summer moments and that was some of the best times of the summer last year. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, hopefully we'll have a little time to do some of that stuff this year, although our schedule is busier this summer. So, uh, it's a little busier, we'll, uh, but have, I think we should just less you know, time to do that. Make time when it's warm to go down and sit by the lake and enjoy the lake. And yeah. The fact that Northern Michigan typically has three months of warm, we probably should try and take some of it in. Three months is being generous. Yeah. Three months is being, yeah, it's middle know. of May now and it's just, we're happy. It's getting to 60 degrees today. I don't like it when it gets super hot, but no. So, yeah. Do you remember the morning that we were sitting by the lake having our coffee and there was little fish surfacing on the lake all over the place? Mm -hmm. And then we noticed big fish that were surfacing on the lake further out. And then. And then I said, we should go get your camera to take pictures of that. And she said, for what? I just don't know how you would know where to focus and be ready to take a picture of a fish that's going to jump out of the water and then be gone in two seconds. Impossible. Impossible. But maybe However, if an eagle comes by. Which is what happened. And flies around and then tries to dip a fish out of the lake. Which he did. You could get a picture of it. But that we were cool. just witness to it. It was very cool. We have no it was very history. cool to see this eagle come in and circle around and get slowly get closer and closer to the water and put out his talons and grab a humongous fish out of the lake and try to fly off 
which he failed because the fish got away and fell back down into the lake. But it was so cool to watch. It was. So cool. It was. And I guess if you don't have a camera, all you can do is sit back and suck it in. So if you want to hear about our summertime treats in northern Michigan, it's episode one. um, I mean, season one, episode 19. Uh, Let's go to the next picture. Uh, This is one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. I think that this one was included in, we did three episodes in a row that were about a car trip we took to visit Lauren in Montana. Um, We were nervous to fly because of the pandemic. And so we drove out to Montana. And the three episodes are episode 23 to 25 of season one. And they're called the Great American Road Trip. And this is a picture from when we were in Yellowstone, that trip. And there was a gigantic grizzly who had killed a big bull elk. And then he proceeded to spend a week eating and sleeping on the banks of the river in Yellowstone. And how many photographers, Bill? Well, he didn't eat any photographers that we know of. No, no, (laughs) <laughs> oh, there were thousands song? of people taking pictures of this thing. There yeah. was certainly hundreds of photographers on any given day during right. that period. I'm that thinking were, over the week, there had to have been thousands of them that came by and took pictures. We and, went more than one day. Yeah, we went two different days. Part, you know, part of two different days. And uh, yeah, it was. Uh, so we sat on the opposite side of the river with all the other photographers, and um. The second day we went, we went before the sun came up, thinking we could get some good pictures in the morning. And it was so foggy because. Yeah. Well, we were thinking, well, you know, if there was a little fog in the air, it would yeah, give it cool. a cool, really give it a good picture, you know, dramatic picture. Well, there was so much fog you couldn't see across the river for the right, first for hour. for a while, yeah. We d- we got we also wanted to get there super early to be one of the first photographers and get a good spot, right? Which we were, but there was still probably seventy five photographers also thinking oh, yeah. the same. All thing. had the same plan. Um, yeah. but we got a good spot on the river and uh, waited for the fog to lift. We watched wolves come and go. Yep. Um, I think we saw a coyote kind of sneak by, and yeah, there was e- there was elk bugling all over right there was it was a in the fall couple eagles that came in to check yep. things out yep. and but once the fog lifted we got some cool pictures of this grizzly sitting on top of the elk carcass and um many of his raven friends trying to join in yeah. the party which he didn't like very no well. he did not like the ravens they were a bit annoying for him right i probably included a picture of this bear um, in the podcast episode, but we took many, many pictures and this was a, a little different pose than what I had included. And so this was just fascinating. I could have sat there all week. Yeah. Yeah. It was fascinating. There's, um, you know, Yellowstone for us as many times as we've been there, every time is a new experience. Yeah. There's always something different going on there. It's, it's, uh, and there's so many different ex- a- aspects, excuse me. To the park. Um, there's just different terrains and all kinds of different pockets of where rare animals might be versus um, other places. And but sometimes it's the ordinary things that are fun to see yeah. too. You know, I, yeah. 
I can be equally as intrigued with a, you know, with a squirrel gathering food and, and, you know, yep. hiding it or digging it up or, you know, it's just taking in the moment. And yep. so, um, no, the park is beautiful on itself. The animals are the bonus when you're traveling around. Act, yeah. The, the scenery is beautiful. The, you just have to, when you're in um, a national park, it could be any of them. You just have to sort of turn your mind off from all the other things in your life that, and just be in the moment and, and take it all in and just be open to whatever might you might see. Yep. But, uh, so that's our last photo for our anniversary episode. Um, I know that I promised in season two that we would end our podcast with a positive story, positive note, something positive anecdote. Um, I never even thought about this ahead of time. I can come up with something, but can you think of anything, Bill? Hmm, I guess just, you know, we, like we were just saying that uh, when you're in a, in a position to uh, be somewhere where you can uh, enjoy nature, just take it all in as much as possible and try and let your other crazy thoughts of whatever's going on in your life, let them go for a while and, and just enjoy the moment you're there and if you see something that's uh very impressive like some cool animals that's the bonus of it all but uh just being able to uh switch your mind off to something else for a little while sometimes is just what you need so i'm gonna um switch it up a little bit um and my positive note for the day is that we just um we just passed Mother's Day. Sunday, this past Sunday was Mother's Day. And I just want to, I guess, say uh, for our positive note that you and I both, our mothers, are still with us. Yes, we are. We're lucky for that. And we're lucky with that. My mother is in Canada. And of course, we haven't been able to travel to see her in person in over a year now. But um, I think a positive note is that we have technology we never used to have and we can FaceTime or Zoom meet with my mom. And so while we were out with Lauren and Cole and celebrating Lauren's first Mother Day, Mother's Day with little Arlo, we were able to um, FaceTime my mom in Canada and we had a really nice visit. It felt like we were all there together. Yeah, it was nice. Without the hassle of the drive and yep. all the rest of it. So Lauren got her... Um, Lauren got to show my mom Arlo and show him off and she got to see him and we had we had a great visit and while we were in the middle of Yellowstone National Park Bill got a call from his mother and um, so we had a had a quick little visit and wished her a happy Mother's Day so there's my positive note for the day happy Mother's Day to all those mothers in our lives so Let's hope we don't miss our next podcast, which will be in two weeks. Yeah, we're hoping to get back on track. We will be back on track. And thanks for listening. Um, be sure to check out our pictures on Quiet Shutter Photo. Yes, thanks for checking in with us. And uh, I hope you all have a great day. See ya.